When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Today we are throwing a curveball at our listeners. We said we were going to watch the Hugh Jackman, not Hugh Jackman, the uh, Gerard Butler film and theaters that i can't even remember the name of because we're not watching cop that. shop cop but, shop but forget i said that um we are instead watching cry macho which was free to stream on hbo max as well as theaters if you wanted to go spend your money and go i told ahead. you to tell the audience to do that and you said no and now they don't what? know they weren't prepared that's okay we're reviewing <coughs> cry macho woody harrelson no that's not right nope. clint eastwood name? clint eastwood directed produced starring wow <laughs> oh brother um, I don't even know if you made it to that point in the credits to see that. I I made it there. Okay. Definitely got some things to say about that movie. Might not be too long, but we're going to talk about it. And then following that, we're doing a top five list because it's going to be a shorter pod. Um, not really related to the movie, but on brand because it's MCU related. We are doing the five characters, non-MCU characters, that could lift Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. And I'll tell you, Clint Eastwood in the film Cry Macho is not one of them. Oh, no. Oh, he's not. But let's talk about <laughs> 60% it. 60% of the time, it works Every time. Don Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! A one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder in 1978 takes a job from an ex-boss to bring the man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mum. M-U-M. Mum. Probably written by an English person. Crossing rural Mexico on their back way to Texas. On their way back to Texas, the unlikely pair faces an unexpectedly challenging journey during which the world-weary horseman finds his own sense of redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. That synopsis was ten times more interesting than the film itself. million percent. That's what they wanted the film to be. That's what they pitched it to the studios. Yep. And that was not what the studio got. The studio was like, okay. And then they saw it and they're like, what the fuck? Um, so how do we know that he is a retired rodeo star, drunken cowboy? Oh, I'll tell you, Jay. It's because within the first three minutes, it's the most in-your-face exposition dump you've ever fucking seen in a movie. It literally starts out with, oh, I don't, I don't, do you know, remember, like, his name? Joe. Oh, Joe, you're not who you used to be. You used to be an all-American cowboy horse rancher, but that's that was before the drugs and, and the pills and and the accident. Yeah. Like, just literally, I had Victoria watch it because I was laughing, and it's at the 250 point in the movie. You get all the background for the character. Yeah. <laughs> that's including the opening credits, the opening scene of him driving with music playing. 
within the first 40 seconds of dialogue. It's, here's the entire backstory from the character. That box is checked. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I didn't like this film. I'll just up front be very um, straightforward about it. Look, Clint Eastwood is a legend. 100%. Um, he is one of the most influential actors of all time. Do you know he was actually the mayor of Carmel-by-the-Sea? The what? Carmel-by-the-Sea. It's a town right next to Monterey. He's the California. mayor? He was the mayor oh. for two years. I didn't know that. Um, he's a libertarian. I found that out. Okay. Um, but, I, I mean, there comes a point in everyone's life where you got to hang it up. I mean, he Tom is... Brady's defying age limits in football and LeBron James defying age physics. But everyone turns into a Drew Brees at one point or another. That's really mean of you to say. <laughs> he's 91 years old. Yeah. Clint Eastwood is 91 years old. And with all due respect, he still thinks he's an action movie star, and he's not. <laughs> You're an old, frail man. He was old when we were born. Yes. So I just turned 23 two days ago. Happy birthday to me. Whoop, whoop. Um, he was, what, 68 when I was born? Yes. He was older than my grandmother and I think my grandfather. I don't – don't quote me. I'm not sure how old he is. I know my grandma Coco is 67. Um, he was older than my grandparents are right now when I was born. Yes. And now, 23 years later, he's still trying to star as an action movie star and get into fistfights with people. He's 91. I would fuck him up. And he looks 91. He uh, does. Want to hear what's crazy? Yeah. Clint Eastwood has eight kids. Okay. Okay. His oldest kid is 67, the age of my grandmother, or one year older, I think I said. His youngest is 24. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> 91-year-old man. He has, has a kid eight... our age? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. And apparently his 67-year-old daughter, um, he didn't know she existed until she was in her 30s. Oh, see, that's him being the country western star just going town to town having sex with random women. Yeah. That's when he was in his heyday. Because he, my grandma had a huge crush on him. Um, now 67-year-old Lori Murray was adopted as a baby, and her birth mother, who's never been confirmed, didn't inform Eastwood. The two reportedly had an affair when, she was in, when he was engaged to his first wife, Maggie Johnson, in 1953. Yeah, I, that sounds right. Um, and his youngest daughter, uh, Morgan Eastwood, um, Clint had his youngest child, 24-year-old Morgan, with his second wife, Dina, who he was married to from 1996-2014. Morgan was one of the stars of Mrs. Eastwood and Company when she was a teenager, but before that, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about all that? Um, why would you get divorced in 2014 when you're like 83? Like, at that point, you're just locked in. Well, here's the deal is I think he thinks he's not that old. He's still starring as an action movie star in his mind. He's got a whole life ahead of him still. So. How old is Clint Eastwood going to be? So I don't know how much you've been keeping up on part of my take, but they had a conversation where, like, Billy brought in one of his bogus studies and said that they think the first person to live to be 200 might have already been born. Oh, yeah, born. I, I heard that, yeah. That blows my mind that, like, even the people who are old as shit now, like, their medicine is way worse than our medicine. So, like, we could give a run for 150, I think. Oh, I told Victoria we're living to 120. Um, the problem is neither of us exercise – yeah, um, just well, got an Apple Watch. My heart rate's a little high. I'm scared I'm gonna have cardiac arrest when I'm like 50. Okay, so uh, that's not good for uh, my living to. I, I probably eat too much fast food, but that's okay. There's gonna be science in 50 years that'll take care of me. Oh, so who knows though? Clint Eastwood, he might live to be 120, and we might look back on this film like, dang, remember when Clint Eastwood was young? This is his a day. <laughs> um, which also it gives me it gave me a little midlife crisis because. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I think 91, I'm like, okay, they were born in, like, 1908. That's just not true anymore. He was born in 1930. Like, that just doesn't seem like 91 years I, ago. Look, I'm sorry. 1930 seems like a fucking ancient time ago. <laughs> it was before World War II. 
Did they have cars in 1930? Um, I believe so. I believe the Model T was built after World War One. It was like 20-something? Yeah. I did a full fucking book report on Henry Ford, so I should know that. I mean, it sounds right, but still, like, this man's as old as, like, the concept of cars. <laughs> um, the Ford... Model T is an automobile produced by Ford Motor Company from October 1st, 1908. Oh, shit. So there was, I believe, cars before the Model T as well. It's just they were like... Not in mass production. Yeah, you had to be... Widely available. Jeff Bezos in 1906. When he was a baby, his parents probably rode a horse to the fucking market. (laughs) That's why he's a cowboy. Yeah, no, it's because it's all he remembers. He's one of the last living people alive making movies who remembers not owning a car and riding a horse. Um, yeah, he's old as shit. And I just can't believe it was also directed and produced. I mean, I could believe it, um, based on how the quality of this movie, I will say good for him. If he still has like, like an idea and creativeness and wants to express that and make movies still at this age. Fucking great. Most people's brain by this age are just mush. I mean, with that being said, this film would have been a lot better without him starring in it or producing it or directing it. Okay. Just not attached at all. Probably. Give him a small role. Make him the dad. Let him, Make him stay the involved. Yeah. 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 He only has to do like eight lines. <sighs> he just has to stand there at the end looking like a badass. And I'll tell you, as much as I didn't like Clint Eastwood in this film, he would have been much better than the actual boss. 100%. Um, we'll touch on that when we get to characters, but oh my God. Um, let's just get into it, Ty. Start it off. Plot slash story. I gave it a six. Okay. I gave it an eight. Um, I... Like I get, so the whole story was he's you know getting his his this boss's son you know from Mexico his ex wife to get fucking whatever and the ex wife doesn't know where he is and then he just suddenly finds him and then it's an adventure back to fucking Texas to like reunite and then one of the moms like people are chasing him and the cops are chasing them at one point and blah 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 like it just felt like nothing happened yeah it was like we have a story in mind but the story is like twenty minutes worth of film. So we're just going to fill it with whatever. It was so much filler. Million percent. It's like when you watch a TV show and there's like, oh, you know, this is just the fucking waste time. Are you caught up on Ted Lasso? No, the last one I saw was, uh, no spoilers, but spoilers, uh, when they find out, well, when the audience finds out that Sam is the one who's messaging the boss. That's fucking crazy, right? Um, so we're a few behind. That's fine. Um, the latest episode was completely a filler episode. Fair. Um, I would argue the Christmas episode was a little bit of a filler. Yeah, a little bit. But it was as if this entire movie was those episodes <laughs> in a series. It was like the first episode was good. The last episode was good. The entire rest of the series is filler. And that's what happens when you have a 91-year-old man who whose mind might wander a little bit when he's trying to put this together. Yeah. I can only imagine what it's like to hold a conversation with him. He fucked up some of his lines, too. Like did So he, bad. Like So bad. He would, like, stutter, and it's like, he was just like, all right, let's take that take. And yeah, like, he's the director, so he's like, it's fine. Yeah, that's why when I watched it, is Clint Eastwood the guy, the one-take guy? There's a, a famous, um, like, director slash movie star who does everything one take. No fucking chance it's Clint Eastwood. I it, Watching this film, it might have been. Maybe back in the day. I don't think it's him, though. One-take director. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no. Never mind. Okay. Isn't Alfred Hitchcock, like, like the, like the granddaddy of movies? Uh, I believe so. No, when I looked this up, it was the one shot. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh. Director. 
It was in a, a fucking inter- a podcast interview. They interviewed someone, and he they were like, "Oh, what was it like working with this person? Is it true that he just like only does like first take director who only who only takes first One take take? <laughs> this is terrible. Electric radio. Yes." Clint Eastwood usually films his movies in just one take. Uh, they as, interviewed Clint Eastwood? As a director, Clint Eastwood has garnered a reputation for being quick and methodical. He often, often gets the shot he needs in just one or two takes. Eastwood has worked in the business for a long time on both ends of the camera, blah, blah, blah. Um, that feels like something that he could pull off in his heyday when he was making country things and he just had to be a badass. And now he's trying to tell like ripping stories as an old person. The director said he doesn't like to linger on scenes. He believes too much examination can ruin the magic of production. Quote, I have a reputation for always going with the first or second take. Eastwood wrote in Filmcraft, directing a book about filmmaking. Of course, I don't always get it in one or two takes. It's more that I want to get the feeling that we're moving. You have to keep the crew and the production going at a business-like pace so they Mm -hmm. feel like they're part of something that's actually moving forward. So I was correct on that. And I could see it because there was like not only him, but there was multiple times where like they stuttered a little bit and they it just left it in. Truthfully, as an actor, like if you're trying to come up, don't work with this man because you're probably not going to get it on the first or second take every time. And he's going to make you look awful in his movie. I mean, some of the acting was bingo really bad. It makes sense why all of the acting looks like shit. (laughs) They had no chance to figure out the scene or characters. Yeah. Um, I also don't think there's very good actors in this to begin with. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and in terms of plot slash story, though, to go back to that, it just, yeah, like you said, filler. There was no substance. They had all that movie to create a relationship between Clint Eastwood and, and the younger character, and they thought they did it. They didn't. I mean, there was not the connection I was looking for there. Was, yeah, I mean, I gave it an eight. It was fine. Um, but just nothing happened. Yeah. It wasn't confusing. I wasn't lost. It was just boring. And, like, yeah, they met the one lady, and he kind of, like, had a thing for her. She's at least 30 years younger than him, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's him thinking no, no, he can no. still pull 92, she was not 62. Oh, yeah, no, she's 40 to 50 years younger than him. I think 50. Yeah. I think she's, like, our parents' age. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. Just, it Wild. was. Uh, cinematography, though, I gave it 14. Thought it looked fine. I just want to say, like, about the plot real quick, that this is a <laughs> film that would have been good in 1950 when there wasn't many films. Yeah, no, there's a higher standard for movies now, and this ain't it, Chief. Uh, Visuals, I gave it a 9. Oh, um, I thought it looked okay for the most part. There were some scenes I watched it on my phone that were really dark and I couldn't see. And then two scenes stick out in my head like a sore thumb. And if you have two scenes that look this bad that stick out, I'm going to bump you for them. First was when they got spun out in the car at the very end. Looked aggressively fake. Like the way they just whipped around the cabin and then his car just like slid into the, the, the sand. Like it looked so bad. And the second was that, <laughs> that five-second fight scene between <laughs> him and the kid. <laughs> that was the funniest. Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a 13 Ty- just because you brought that up. Tyler, I legit laughed for fun <laughs> because okay, so, so it was so fucking funny. So the so background, like when he first meets the kid, the kid doesn't come out. You know, he's like hiding from him. He's like, "Go away, old man," or I'm gonna kick your ass or whatever. And then they eventually, you know, they get together. They're on the road. And they're fighting outside the car, and Clint Eastwood, like, I think he like shoves him or something. Sorry, he like shoves him. And then the kid throws, like, the softest little punch I've ever seen. And Clint Eastwood just catches it and, like, throws it down. And then the kid goes, you're quick, old man. <laughs> like, just the way he fucking said it. And it was, like, the slowest punch I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude. 
I was laughing for the next five minutes of the movie, dude. It was so Damn. funny. I'm going to do 12. Because there's that, and then there's the other fight scene oh. where, like, the guy's there trying to take the kid. And he just, like, throws the softest jab <laughs> I've ever seen to completely disorient the other person. <laughs> like, dude, speed it up. Put it on, like, 125 or something. And, and I will say, they didn't do... So I was telling you before, like, you haven't seen it, but The Irishman, where there's de-aging stuff with Robert De Niro. And he's fighting yeah. someone as young Robert De Niro. But he moves like an old Robert De Niro, and it looks like shit. <laughs> they at least didn't do that. They tried to make the cuts to where you couldn't tell. They but, just didn't speed it up. They didn't give it enough. The fact that the kid threw, like, the slowest punch ever, and Clint Eastwood just, like, dodged it or caught it or whatever he did, and then the kid <laughs> unironically goes, damn, you're fast. <laughs> no, he's not. That was so bad. It's fantastic. I couldn't, dude. If I was that actor, that's where I would have quit. <laughs> like, is this really my fucking line? <laughs> like, come on, dude. At least make it be like the kid could kick his ass and decides not to or something. Like, I also think that that's part of the one or two takes because he did that and he probably looked and he's like, is this fucking serious? And Clint's like, great, let's move on. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was it was so fucking funny. So I gave it I gave it a nine for that. I mean, I dropped it down to a 12. The it was, fight scenes were fucking atrocious. It was very westerny with like the, the set pieces and kind of the the yellowish brownish tannish like hues and whatnot. That was good. But yeah. like the camera, there wasn't any funky like camera or editing or choppy editing. Like it all looked it all looked good. There was decent enough visuals. Yeah. Uh, besides the, the fight scenes. <laughs> Key elements. You gave it a six. Yeah, I don't know why I gave it this high. I'm bumping it down to probably a six as well. I gave it an eight, but it doesn't deserve an eight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a Western, and the only thing Western about it is that it has Clint Eastwood in it, and it's taking There's place a horse. in the West Coast. He does ride a horse. <laughs> there is also the scene where he's driving by on the highway in the beginning, and the horses run along the car, like you see in the fucking uh, Budweiser commercials. I don't know if you remember that. No. It was before he even went to Mexico. I think it was when he was driving to see his boss. Like, so his boss does the expedi- exhibition, ex- exposition dump. Yep. And then Clint Eastwood's driving, and then something else happens. I don't remember. But he's, like, just driving down this highway or this road, and he goes by a horse farm, and the horses just run after his car. And he, like, looks at him, like, I don't know, thinking about his heyday. <laughs> it's just, like, the stupidest thing ever, dude. Like, <laughs> so fucking generic and whatever. But Yeah, I mean, there's supposed to be an emotional connection between him and the boy. There, there wasn't. wasn't. Uh, it was shit. Um, there was, they tried to make a romantic interest. It just felt awkward. That's his, younger than his daughter. I'm a hundred percent sure of it. Well, not, she's older than his youngest daughter. Who's 24. That's true. <laughs> younger than his oldest daughter by a long <laughs> Should shot. Should be his oldest daughter's daughter. Yes. And like, why does she even fall for him? They don't even speak the same language. Cause he does sign language in one scene. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. She's speaking Spanish this whole fucking time. He doesn't know what she's saying. Yeah. And also the sign language. She's like, how do you know sign language? She's like, uh, you, you pick it up. <laughs> no, you don't. What about him saying he loves animals and everything and then just looking so awkward when he holds a chicken? I don't know if you caught it, but at the end scene when he gives macho to Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood like grabs the chicken and like fumbles it in his arms. Again, excuse me. Uh, but it's a, the one take thing. He like fumbled it in his arms and like awkwardly like held its neck. It was just like, thank you, kid. Like, was not holding the chicken properly at all, dude. It's That's like, yeah, this guy great. loves fucking animals, but he hated the chicken in the beginning. Said he was going to snap the chicken's neck. Like, how much do you really love animals, Clint? I don't think he likes animals that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was in the Western United States, or should I say in Mexico as well. Um, it had Clint Eastwood. Um, yeah. I will say, Western gets credit for just having Clint Eastwood because he's like an icon, but have him in a very small role. 
Have you ever thought about the fact that it's, it's he's in Westerns, but his name is Eastwood? Oh, fuck. You ever think he thought about changing his name to Clint Westwood? He's got it, right? <laughs> he's fucking too late now, dude. <laughs> um, they've already fucking engraved his tombstone. Um, Jesus. <laughs> characters, I gave a five. I gave it three. Okay. I'm going to be very blunt. Everyone in this movie was a terrible actor. I gave it a little bit of a bump just because I thought, besides the the ridiculous fighting scenes and kind of maybe sometimes forgetting his lines, I thought Clint Eastwood was at least Clint Eastwood. Like, he wasn't downright horrible. He wasn't good. He was still bad. Um, and he was your star guy. Like, he was an established actor. That's pretty much what he got points for. Granted, I, he did seem like he forgot his lines and stuff sometimes. Yeah, he slurred his lines at multiple points throughout the movie and, like, fucked him up. And I'm not going to give him credit for that. Um <laughs> The the mother was a terrible actor. The boss was a terrible actor. Oh, terrible actor. The boss was so bad. I texted you that it seemed like it was a college film project, and the boss was like your buddy who's not in film. Like we just cast Brandon to say these serious yes. lines, and, and then my grandpa, the my great grandpa. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "What do you mean, Clint?" <laughs> like it's just terrible, terrible acting. Great, let's move on. Um, that's Clint. Sorry. Everyone was terrible. The kid was he was a young actor. He didn't really do anything to blow me away. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this movie was bad at acting. I would say the kid. I don't think he wasn't good, but that's what I'm saying. He doesn't get any real. I don't think points. he was horrible, but he was just like being in this film kind of fucked him over. Yeah. Um, the guy, the bad boss, was Dwight Yoakam, who is a um, country music star and an actor. <laughs> was that um, now? Now he gets that credit because he was in this. Because no, I'm not counting it. He was actually in a lot of stuff uh, starting in 1992. Um, but I mean, some of his roles are like truck driver. Got it. Uh, he was a sheriff. He was um, Doc Miles twice. Question for you, Jay. What? This guy? Or, or the dad from uh, <laughs> the Angelina Jolie movie. I can't think of it. Who's the worst actor? Those Who Wish Me Dead? Yeah. This guy. Because. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking close, though. I feel like Those Who Wish Me Dead guy, he was funny because he was like, dr- like overly dramatic. <laughs> Like, at least he tried, and I'm going <laughs> to give him credit for that. Like, this guy was He swung just... and missed. This guy just took a strike down the middle. <laughs> yeah, this guy was just talking. Like, oh, my buddy Clint Eastwood invited me to be in his film, and I have the first line of the movie pretty much, this minute-long exo-whatever exo- dump, and I'm just going to sound terrible in it. Like, I'm going to sound like I'm reading it. It sounded like there was cue cards. Like, he was reading <laughs> cue cards. 100%. He was like, hey, I didn't, I didn't learn my, my fucking lines, Clint. What do I do? And he's like, well, we only got two takes, so we'll hold it up, figure it out. <laughs> the other guy tried, so I'll give him credit for that. As bad as he was, um, I knew you were going to ask that because I thought about that guy as well. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Enjoyment, final score. Not final score, final category. I gave it a five. Also gave it a five. Um, it was pretty bad. Um, I've definitely seen worse. Yeah. Um, four points worth of worse. Um, four, three, two, or one. Not that's only four, three, two. That is four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just was boring, not enjoyable. Yeah, the middle of the, made. The middle of the movie was like it was fine. There was nothing going on, but it wasn't like awful. Like it was. It felt like a movie that you would see on like one of those. I always say shit like this. It was like one of those TV. It was like it's like on a TV channel, but it's not on like TNT, TBS. It's on like. When you buy the extra, extra channels and you have channel like 167 and it's just like <laughs> AMC two or, you know what I mean? One like, of the backup main channels. Yeah, and this is just always on it. And like your grandpa and not saying you specifically, but in a fucking retirement home, like this is a retirement home movie. 
billion percent. I bet they fucking eat it up to all the old ladies are like, ooh, Clint Eastwood. This is this is showing in retirement. Like, how many retirement homes across the country had like movie night? Sold out showings. <laughs> like movie night in the community room. We're gonna get our projector out. Clint Eastwood's new film. <laughs> this yeah. <laughs> this hundred percent happened. You know how many grannies were moist, Ty, this weekend? A lot. <laughs> Um, so oh, it has its place. Shit. It has its place. Oh, it's going to make money somewhere. I don't think it will. <laughs> it's like the TV package that comes with the specific uh, um, retirement home oh, channels. Fuck, that's funny. Final score, Jay. I 31. A 34. This is a bad movie, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cry Macho. Also, the name. It was like one scene where he said both words. You know, they don't have to say the title. title. No, I know. But, like, I didn't understand the title. But then he just, like, made a scene where he's like, I'm going to say the title in this scene. (laughs) And it just felt weird. Mm -hmm. You gave it a 31? Yeah. Gave it a 34. Final score, 32 and a half. half. Uh, Our 83rd out of 90 movies. Yeah. One of the seven worst movies we'd watch. Right below Tom and Jerry, right above Holmes and Watson. That is the company it is in. And I agree with that vigorously. And honestly, like, if it isn't Clint Eastwood, if this is a nobody actor, if this is Clint Eastwood directed and produced with, like, his grandson who's never acted before, or maybe his fucking son, as the leading star, it might be below the line of, um, or draw the line, excuse me, of below 25 points. Just the fact that it's Clint Eastwood, well, I don't know, the characters even get that high of a score. No, honestly, the only thing that saved it for me, I gave it a 34, a third of that, over a third of that was visuals. Yeah. If this movie looks like shit, he's fucked. Luckily, yeah. he had someone on who could make a movie look good, yeah. look good enough, and it saved it from being literally bottom fucking three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you look at, like, Thunder Force, horrible visuals, Last Airbender, bad visuals. Yeah. Fantastic Four, actually. No, the scene CGI where they're on that. Fu- yeah. Like fucking dog That shit. one planet is horrible, yeah. and then that final scene, yeah, is That's why I'm like, to be a bottom movie, you have to be terrible story, terrible acting, and also look like shit, because that's usually the saving grace for most movie scores. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, it looks like a movie. It's all right. Norm of the North is like an like a 60% rendered animated yeah. movie. There's still uh, two more layers they needed to do. I remember giving Artemis Fowl a better visual score than you, but I remember you really hating it. Yeah, it looked like fucking dog shit. Um, and the Drop Dead Fred was in the 90s, so I don't want to credit on that. Nah, but. it still looked like shit in the 90s. Yeah, that's probably a fair, you know. It, it does lose out to those who wish me dead, so uh, the father in that film wins again. <laughs> Got him. Got him by 20 points. <laughs> All right, Jay. Let's get into our uh, our draft here. Yes, which uh, non MCU characters can be macho enough? Just kidding. It has nothing to do with how macho they no, are. It does. No, it no, does. No, yeah, they'd be macho enough, but also have emotion, which makes them worthy. Well, it doesn't have to be emotion. There's great people. Well, emotion to where they can cry and they just understand themselves, oh, so they're worthy. Got you. Five non MCU characters who could lift Thor's hammer. Within the lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. 
Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, we highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. I don't know who's first, but this is your idea. Yeah. Take a shot. You get one-on-one. Um, sorry, I was thinking about where I'm going to make this cut. I know exactly where I'm going to make this cut. Sorry, we're back. Um, well, we were already back. My one-of-one <laughs> tie, Mr. Rogers. Mm. Now, you will say, I had this conversation with Riley because it was characters. She's like, Mr. Rogers isn't a character. He's Start a in person. A show. He is a character on a television show. That character is just himself. Mm. But it's not like – because, like, I thought about this. I was like, I wouldn't take Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks is an actor. But if Tom Hanks had a TV show where it was Tom Hanks in the neighborhood, I mean, I could take Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers if we really wanted to go that way. Um, but Mr. Rogers – I think one of the kindest humans to ever live. Um, every, you know, I've seen both the Tom Hanks movie, which was fantastic, and the actual documentary. Like, he was what he was. Like, it wasn't a show. You know, there's people who thought he was gay or you know touched kids. Like all this terrible shit that people made up. He was just an overall great person. And there's no one I think could you know that would be better off lifting Thor's hammer than Mister Rogers. You're a big Mister Rogers stan, dude. He's a great person. He was <laughs> so funny story. Um. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't remember the exact details, but someone found out someone like someone me and Riley know. You probably know as well. I, I can't remember. This is, sounds terrible. I'm sorry. But <laughs> someone found out that someone was dead, like an actor. Oh, and they got really sad. But like it was an actor who died like 10 years ago. Okay. And I told Riley about that story and she was like giving him shit and she was laughing, blah, blah, blah. And then I brought up the point where she found out Mr. Rogers died about five years ago, and he died in, like, 2003 and actually started crying. <laughs> and she was, like, the biggest hypocrite ever. She's like, shut up, whatever. Um, I can't – I this story would be better if I remember the exact situation. But So I, I kind of dunked on her right there. Good shit. But uh, Riley loves Mr. Rogers, and I love Mr. Rogers. You threw down a little reverse card on her. I did. <clears throat> My second pick, Jake, going, going right with Mr. Rogers, the next nicest man in television in that era is Bob Ross. <laughs> okay he's just the nicest fella ever and he's gonna make beautiful art with me another real person who plays a character and that character is himself <laughs> yeah he's just he's he's just gonna paint some little trees here is he nice or yeah, is he's got he the calm? softest calmest voice ever <laughs> there's no one i'd rather talk to all right that's it, fair it was 100 percent based on your pick um i got a lot of options here no i like that I but like i'm going that. i'm going back and forth damn he here. died young he died at 52 tragic he could still be alive he was younger than he's younger than clint eastwood 10 years younger clint eastwood's had like three kids since he's been that age Ooh, he died from um cigarette smoking complications from lymphoma i think that's tragic in the lungs um i don't know someone maybe that's why he talks so soft (laughs) (laughs) my next pick tie it's basic as fuck i'm gonna be honest i riley showed me this this is a tiktok trend that's where we got it from Mm. and this was on someone's tiktok trend it's basic, but you know what? It does relate to my life, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm just jumping on the train. And that's Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, Ted Lasso, the nicest character in television right now. I mean, he's the show has you know captured the minds of everyone, um, the attention of everyone, because of how well it is, how great the Ted Lasso character is. Um, it's one of those sad things where it's like you remember Ted Lasso is not a real person. And it's just Jason Sudeikis, and I'm sure Jason, Sude- Jason Sudeikis yep. is great, but he's not Ted Lasso. Um, I feel like he kind of is, though. Like, he's just such a good character. And, like, we I haven't taught, said this on the pod, but, like, something I love about the show, and spoiler if you haven't seen it, sorry. Like, episode one, 
there's some conflict. I won't get in too much detail, but there's – or not episode one, season one. There's some conflict between Ted Lasso and the, the Samantha, the head of the – is it Samantha? The head of the football club. Re- um, Rebecca. Samantha. Rebecca. There's like this conflict, and you think it's going to be like this big conflict. They're going to draw it out in like a whole episode. No. And they just break TV tropes, and he just uh, like accepts her apology right away. Like, I okay. love that they did that. He's the best. Like they stayed true to his character, and it shows how great his character is. It's a great pick. Fucking love Ted Lasso. Thank you. I want to be more like Ted Lasso. Me too. I I'm gonna grow a mustache just to be like him. I'm looking into. Well, I'm, I'm gonna shave the rest of my facial hair. <laughs> I already have the mustache. I'm looking into like coaching little league next year, so you can be Ted Lasso. Yeah. Also, this can is you a- can you coach with an accent? Sure. Ty, if I do coach, do you want to be my coach beard? I'm a million percent. I'm, I have the beard, Jay. <laughs> no, like, I'm no, I'm dead serious, though, because I know they were looking for volunteers last year. Like, they needed coaches. And, like, I'm going to have more free time next year, I, I think. Maybe not. But if I do, I do want to volunteer to, like, coach. Like, I want to coach, like, 12-year-olds. I don't want to coach, like, T-ballers. Yeah, that would suck. I, I mean, a million percent. You're, you could be on my staff. million percent. As long as, I, like, I can, I will. You just have to get background checked. You got to pay, like, No, I'm saying, like, schedule-wise. Oh. Dude, that'd be great. That'd be fucking. Our sick. team would love their life. I'd I would just make it fun. <laughs> fucking fantastic. Also, that- another another side point. Sorry, I just thought of something for a bet. One of our over unders. Um, it's too late now, but we should do like a mustache bet. Like you have to shave and just have a mustache for a certain amount of time, and I'd have to grow out just a mustache for a certain amount of time. I think that'd be funny. I would have to shave the rest, and Victoria would be <laughs> fucking miserable. She'd be so mad at you. <laughs> I think it'd be a good bet. But. Then again, I had it. I fucking like bleached and dyed my hair. So <laughs> fuck it. Uh, my next pick. You said it's it's super basic. Basic. This is as basic as it gets. It's, it's, it's Superman. Oh, you fucker! That I was just my stuttered fifth pick. so much. <laughs> that was my fifth pick. Yeah, it's Superman. Um, duh. Shit. Now he's I like the scramble. DC's. He's like the DC's fucking. He is so powerful that he could literally just make the justice league movie irrelevant because he's better than every single other superhero combined and he decides to use it for good yeah million percent worthy of the hammer God. and then can you imagine if superman also had a dope-ass hammer with lightning justice league would be aggressively irrelevant i still think like bad superman would be such a sick direction for them to go and they're just not going to do it they already teased it i don't think they're going to lean into it now that'd be so sick yeah if what? they, like, drew it out and, like, Superman was, like, their Thanos. What were we watching where that was, like, something that they did? Invincible? And I was like, yeah, Invincible. Yeah. It's fucking dope. Which I watched the first episode of and didn't watch. It's a great series. I saw, like, little clips of, like, the fight scene from, like, the last episode between the dad fucking and the kid. Fucking brutal. Yeah. Great series. Highly recommend. Season two and three. It's coming out? Yeah. I think we have already got confirmed for two more seasons. You're an asshole. Um, Why am I an asshole? Because I was going to pick Superman. Superman should have been 101. That's the obvious pick. It's a superhero who's better than <laughs> Thor. When I said, oh, I'm throwing you a curveball, Ty, that was my curveball. Is he better than Thor, though? I will say, Thor is not portrayed as like the most worthy, awesome character in the Marvel. Like, 100% Captain America is a better person than Thor. Yeah. So I don't think there's a huge like bar to cross. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. He proved he was worthy in Thor 1, Ty. Don't you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, who wins in a fight, though? That's a real question. Thor or Superman? Because Thor's a fucking god. Oh, Superman. But Superman has a very obvious weakness. Okay. What's Thor's weakness? How are you going to kill Thor? You just punch him in the face. Thor can die. Superman's, like, invincible, bro. He can get, like, shot and just eat him. if he has Kryptonian. Krypton. This is a real nerd conversation <laughs> right now. I mean, this is a nerd podcast. <laughs> uh fair. My third... <laughs> From Superman my to uh, another iconic character, my third overall pick is SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh! <laughs> SpongeBob does not have a mean bone in his body. 
Um, he's the nicest guy ever. He pretty much works for free for Mr. Krabs. Yeah, Mr. Lo- Krabs big time takes advantage of that man. <laughs> Loves his life. Always looks at the bright side. Um, and he's just great. He's nothing but positive. Okay. I feel like I'm piggybacking off your picks because much like the character SpongeBob, who's just great, like nothing bad about him, I'm going Buddy the Elf. Oh, that's a good pick. Just always, I mean, he's very Christmassy, but he just loves spreading joy. Always happy. Doesn't see the bad in anyone. That's a good pick, Ty. Buddy the Elf is vigorously. That's a great worthy. pick. Yeah, Thank no, you. he is a great pick. All he wants is to spread the Christmas spirit, you know? Yeah. Oh, my next pick, Ty. I'm going to go with Ned Flanders. Howdly <laughs> doodly. Howdly doodly. Here's my, he's buff as hell. Is he, or is that just like the fan art where they over-sexualize no, Ned no, Flanders? Like, is, like that, is that canon? Yeah, that's canon. Like, he takes his shirt off and he's buff as hell. That's fucking dope. <laughs> um, he's buff as hell. He's nice. He's got Homer as his neighbor, and Homer's the biggest dick in the world, and he still sees the good in him. I'm sure he snapped a few times. Mm. Um, Homer literally killed his wife, and he's still just a great neighbor. How did he doodly? Yeah. It's incredible. That's my fourth overall pick. My next pick. Um, this one, so... We're going we're gonna to kind of question the existence of what it means to be, like, a, a living being. Because, um, like, obviously, like, there's, like, stipulations with if you're worthy or not. Like, like Vision's a robot, but he's also not. But he's Me worthy. See. What's up with that, bro? Go ahead. But he's also, like, worthy of Vision. So, along those same lines, um, Wally. You dick. That was my substitute pick for Superman. Yeah, Wally. I mean, he's just the nicest thing ever. And, like, maybe he's not a human, but... He's he's a character, and he's got emotions and thoughts, and he's just so worthy. Well, he's a great person and or robot. I'm sorry, Jay. It's a fucking draft. Figure out how to draft. Take characters early. I never would have taken Ned Flanders. Um, That's draft strategy, my guy. Yeah. So I'm in a real pickle here. Um, oh, Ty. What's up, Jay? I'm trying to think of things I love. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with, mm, no, I don't think he's deserving. You really put me in a pickle here, Ty, because you, you took both my fifth overall pick, which, again, maybe I shouldn't have picked him fifth, and my substitute for the fifth overall pick. Um, you know, yeah, you're, I, you're, go, go ahead. I'm, just, I'm not going to take Ned Flanders. You should have known I never would have taken a fucking Simpsons character. That's draft strategy. You put him in the five spot because you can get him at the five spot. So That's like a team with a fucking one-on-one like Aaron Rodgers in his heyday. And then they have, like, the first overall pick, or they have the second. Like, you know you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback. They're not going to take him. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to take him either. I was going to pander to my girlfriend, but Remy is not deserving. F- motherfucker stole. Yeah, he's a bad person. Just because he's a good cook doesn't make him good. I'm going to go with, with my fifth and final pick, Ty. No, he's not a good person either. Mm. Ty, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Do you have any honorable mentions while I think about uh <laughs> I don't I mean I look Jay, you got your fifth pick. There's a lot of options. You can think of like Disney characters. Um some who have two movies. Um animated. I, I just got some ideas that I'm two th- movies. There's multiple. There's uh characters in music or huge cinematic franchises with like nine, ten, eleven movies. Are you thinking of fucking Jack Sparrow? Um, no, Jack Sparrow's a fucking pirate. He, like, rapes and plunders. Then who are you thinking of? 
I'm just saying there's there's maybe some Star Wars characters you could go with no, here. I, um, there's some there's never seen Star Wars. I chose a, a Okay, I got it. I got it. I just thought of it right now. And this wasn't actually with the help of the internet. Okay. Talk to me. I'll go with Danny Tanner. I don't know who that is. The full house dad, Bob Saget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Danny Tanner is such a nice character. First, he's raising three daughters by himself with his two brothers. Uh, so he's he's a, by himself, comma, two brothers. That's Look, more than most people have. Most people raise children with two parents. They have three. <laughs> Look, everyone like that grew up in the 90s views Danny Tanner. I would say John Samos' character, but he's a little bit of a wild boy. Um, Danny Tanner was like their, their television dad. And his character is so nice that Bob Saget is perceived, perceived as this really nice guy, which I'm not saying Bob Saget's mean. But Bob Saget also has some very vulgar like stand-up comedy and whatnot. So much to the point where it's like it's like legitimately shocking when someone first finds out that Bob Saget has that kind of um, vulgarness, mm-hmm. you know, in his past it's because fantastic. of the character Danny Tanner and how polite and nice and caring he is. I agree, Jay. That's a great. On Not the a fly big Full pick. House guy, but from what oh, I do I, know, I love Full House. I feel like that's a good pick. I, I mean, so much not a Full House guy that I didn't know who the fuck Danny Tanner was. Full House was my uh, like the Nick at Night show you know what i mean that was george lopez oh george lopez and full house george lopez great guy (laughs) um okay so what i was you know hinting at you could have gone like luke skywalker you could have gone like yoda um how about the the alpha skywalker ray skywalker shut the fuck up (laughs) um you also could have done like you could have just you could have just been like this one's fucking guaranteed captain america it's not mcu oh really yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> I didn't get that part. Um, with that, I, I also was saying maybe Spider-Man. Maybe Spider-Man could do it. He's a good guy. Um, Ned Flanders, I could have alpha that pick and gone with Jesus. Oh, are you saying that's a character? Not a real person? Are you, are you making <laughs> he a- is the star of a book. <laughs> are you making a stand here, Ty? <laughs> didn't think about that. That was more like a Mr. Rogers type pick where I just like this existence. <laughs> um, but no, what I'm going to do, Jay, is... Thor 1, we see oh, Thor. you still have one more pick. Sorry. Yeah, this is my last pick. <laughs> Thor 1, we see Thor is kind of not worthy, and then he is worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me see. Along those same lines, we're going to go Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <coughs> Hear me out. Just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean he's a bad guy. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Dude, even Meese doesn't like that pick. He's growling. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, I mean, throughout the movie, it's shown that, like, he's got good in his heart, and he's supposed to be this bad guy, and he doesn't want to be the bad guy because he wants to be good. Yeah. And wants to be a part of the good people. I guess that's a good point, but yeah. I, that was not – you would you could give me 50 guesses. I would have never guessed Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, random Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes movie score guest tie to wrap up the pod. Um, a little bit shorter, as we promised. A little bit of dog barks. We didn't promise that. That's okay. Um, that's what you're getting with the lines. Flair. Cry Macho. Yep, terrible score by us. I didn't even look at its Rotten Tomato score. I really don't care. 50, 50 something? What? Yeah. It's way too How high. is it that high? <laughs> it's way too high. 54. Armin White fucking gave it a fresh. Let's see. Audience score 64. What are they watching? I don't know. This movie That's fucking the, stinks. All the audience is the fucking retirement home people. Mm, yep. Um, guess what? Armin White, fresh. Yeah, I'm duh. Cry Macho improves on the too obvious intergenerational drama of Gran Torino. This title Gran is Torino deeper. Torino fucking sucked. This title is deeper. There's desperation behind it, sensing each character's natural, reflexive cry for help. 
I actually, I actually think I was thinking of a different movie. Gran Torino may be okay. Can you believe how <laughs> it's got a ninety audience score? How does this, I was thinking of a different movie? How does this guy give that a fresh? I, it's because he's Armin White. Duh. A three. Fucking hate that guy. Um, another cry title. I'm gonna go Cry Baby Tie, starring Johnny Depp. I believe it's Johnny Depp, right? Oh, that's that's a fucking. It's based off the musical. It will the, the movie. That's where is girls musical. like obsess over young Johnny Depp is in yeah. that movie, right? Um, I've seen the musical produced by Cal State Fullerton. Um, it was made in 1990, one of his first films. Um, yeah, he's a heartthrob in this film. 56 reviews on Rotten mm. Tomatoes. PG-13, hour and 25 minutes. I genuinely don't know. Okay. This is my most blind guess possibly like in a you while. say that every week. Just go through the thought process like, like you did last week. like 1% away last week. Yeah, but you also said it was a blind guess and you had a very good thought process, so why don't you go through the same thought process? Well, here? that's the thing is this is old, so I don't know if it's like people going back and like, oh, I like Johnny Depp in it, so I'm giving it a good score. Or if the movie's just kind of shit and Johnny Depp's good, or if it's both and they're both good and then it gets like a high score. I'll tell you the newest review is from June 23rd, 2021. The oldest review is from 2000. 2000. So it's all looking back. The Wait, first when did review it come out? is uh, Roger Ebert. When did it come out? 1990. We're going to go 84%. Mm, you're off, Ty. 73. Damn. You're off one on each number. That's real close. 73 tomato, 77 audience. Next week, Jay, Dear Evan Hansen, which very good musical, apparently not a very good movie. You've never seen it. Let's not pretend like you know it's a good musical. Just I've never seen the movie either, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, good movie, bad movie. I'm just saying public perception. I'm a little upset because you mentioned the point where like when we went and saw Hamilton together, like it would have been cool if that was your first time seeing it. Yep. Um, just because, you know, when you see fucking the actual cast do it on Disney Plus, even though you're not there, like there is a level of expectation. And I, I've said the, the my best Hamilton viewing experience was the first time I saw it, not the Disney Plus version, nor the time we went. It was just the time I saw it and literally had no no, no idea what it was. Yeah. Like Seen I just it knew for it, the first time. It was mildly rapped. Um, I'm a little upset you're going to watch this. I mean, I don't know if Dear Evan Hansen is touring, if that was ever going to be on your radar, um, but it's a very good musical. I think I rated it number two. Oh. Yeah, it is. It's Hamilton, cry, uh, not Cry Baby. Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Wicked, and Waitress. That's my top four. Nice. That I've seen. Uh, only four I've seen. <laughs> um, and you're going to see a, a maybe shit movie, and then it'll sour itself on you. So that kind of sucks. Got to do it for the pod, though. Oz, though. Or not Oz. Uh, what is it called? Wicked? I just said it. Wicked. I do recommend you go see Wicked. Is it like the movie Wizard of Oz? Because I've seen that too. It's the it's the prequel. So you know the Wicked. But Witcher, is that the... is that like the one movie that has uh, Mila Kunis in it and James Franco? That's prequel to Oz. Not no no no. It's not. Th- these have are you like... seen that movie? Yeah, okay. in theaters actually. Oh. Only time I saw it. So my my yeah, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I I know. Um, no, this is like the story of the witches, like the witches growing up. Oh, the Wicked okay. Witch of the West, and then the Good Witch. So it's a prequel to even that movie. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Their halftime performance, or not their halftime performance, but their song before intermission. It's that one song. If you can't find me, look to the western skies. Never heard I don't that know. song. Um, I only knew it because the Pantages commercial when I was a kid would always come on, and that'd be the song that plays. Most powerful like music experience I've ever had in my life. Wow. Granted, I've only been to four musicals and two concerts, and it was Ed Sheeran and Shawn <laughs> Mendes. Fuck yeah. But like, I was tearing up just because how powerful it was. Nice. So I was hoping they had like fucking ACDC come out during intermission when he said halftime performance. He <laughs> <laughs> just got a fucking rock band to fucking jam out, play a few songs. We're going second act. Um. Anyways, yeah, I'm a little bummed out. You're maybe sour to Irvin Hansen, but you know we'll what? See. Maybe we're, it'll be good. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe people are overreacting to his him looking 30 
when he's supposed to be like 17. God, it's. But with that, you know what it's about? Like suicide. Somebody commits suicide. It's a really, really like, like tell not telling, but like. It's a, it's like a, a feel, not a feel good story, but like emotional. Like I don't know, and like there's an emotional scene, and like I just feel like this the movie format's gonna rip all the emotion out of it. Honestly, that stinks. Um, just because of how it is, but I'm just gonna say though, like I I don't care how old he looks. I grew up with the Sam Raimi Spider Man, where Flash Thompson was like 30. <laughs> yeah, but he's like a dorky, awkward character. That's the problem. And Ben Platt's too good looking to be that. I mean, he was that on Broadway. I thought I, I had the same argument back then, too. That's fair. Um, I also want to point out before we go, I know we were supposed to end on the random Rotten Tomato score. Remember that musical I was telling you about, the Come From Away or whatever? The one about the 9-11, like, people stranded somewhere? Okay. We were on the way home from Hamilton, and I was talking about it. Yeah. It's actually, they filmed it, and they just released it on HBO Max literally the weekend we went and saw Hamilton. Oh, no shit. Like, one of those, like, or not HBO Max, Apple Plus. Like, one of those. Like, the Hamilton where they filmed yeah. it and... Yeah, it was one of those weird, we're like, just <laughs> weird coincidence. We could have reviewed that this week instead of Cry Macho. We could have. Riley and I, uh, we saw it when we were watching our last Ted Lasso episode. I was like, oh shit, we were literally just <laughs> talking about that two days ago. That's funny. Um, that's all I got for you. I mean, it coincidence or they released it on 9-11. That's probably true. <laughs> it just so, so just happened, the coincidence that, that about we, it. yeah. Because I'll be honest, Ty, when I brought it up to you guys, I didn't even put two and two together that we saw Hamilton in 9-11. That's yeah. not why I thought about it. So you didn't think about it because it was 9-11? No, 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 not at all. And then you didn't realize it came out because it was also 9-11? <laughs> yeah, I just completely wiped You up. just forgot about 9-11. It's literally never forget 9-11 and you forgot about it. All right, that's all I got for you. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen, next week, go listen to our sports pod for football picks um, and preview. And special guests each week. Brandon Vieira this week. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.